I've got a question for you to consider. The question is this. Is there one thing in all the world that you would be willing to sell everything else you have in order to get that one thing? Is there one thing in the world that you would be willing to sell everything else that you own to get it? Hmm. Interesting question, isn't it? You know, Australians are the wealthiest people in the world. Do you know that? It's true. Just a recent survey, only less than a year ago, actually, measured the median adult wealth of countries all around the world. And Australia came out on top. The median adult wealth in Australia is $264,903. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means they've calculated every adult in Australia their wealth. So that's adding up their cash and the savings and superannuation and property or, or if we're paying off property, whatever part we've paid off or um, boats and jet skis and motorbikes or TVs or clothing or prams or soccer balls or whatever we've got and they've added it all together and then they've lined all the adults up in a row from least wealthy to most wealthy and then that very middle person apparently, has $264,903 of wealth. Now, when you think about it, that means half of Australian adults are less wealthy than that, but it means half of Australian adults are actually more wealthy than $264,903. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? That's actually three times as much as the USA. It's more than any other country in the world. What an amazing place to live, eh? What a good reminder that we live in a remarkable country. And we have it pretty good. You know, that's about a hundred times the median adult wealth of India or Thailand. A hundred times. So let me ask you again. Is there one thing in the world, anything at all, that you would be prepared to give up your entire wealth, whatever that is, whether that's $264,903 or either side of that, is there anything? I asked myself this question, and after a lot of thinking, I just couldn't come up with anything. And I don't know whether that's because I think that's pretty poor financial management, or, or, or I just couldn't think of anything. But um, I don't know about you, but... I just couldn't think of anything that I, wouldn't, that I would be willing to give up everything else just for one thing. Well, so I couldn't think of it myself, so I did what any other person would do, and I Googled it, because I figured there's bound to be someone else <laughs> in the world that has given up everything they've already owned for one thing, and I found these people. This first lady, her name is Lee Watchstetter. Lee Watchstetter, uh, her husband passed away, her husband of over 50 years sadly passed away, and uh, she decided to sell up everything she had, and she now lives her life on a cruise ship. She lives her entire life for the rest of her days on a cruise ship. Seriously. And I'm not just, that's, I'm not making this up. She lives every day of her life on a cruise ship. That sounds pretty good, don't you think? That sounds all right. Well, what about this guy? This guy's name is Rich East. Rich, he sold everything he has, everything he had, he gave up his job as well, and he bought a camper. 
and he's now travelling around Australia. Um, oh, that's right, his cat. He couldn't bring himself to sell his cat Willow, so Willow has come along with him on the journey. <laughs> Aww. Well, there's this couple, Nikki and Tanner. Nikki and Tanner are a young married couple from the US. When they got married only a few years ago, they, they decided to sell everything that they had combined. That's two people combined. They sold everything they had. They also quit their jobs and they bought a boat. And the idea of this was that they were going to live on the boat and they were going to travel the world and live an amazing life. Now, as you can see, they don't look too happy. It's because two days in from their first journey, their boat sank. And they didn't have any insurance or anything. I know, it's really sad. And they're now, they've now started a crowdfunding thing to get their boat off the bottom of the ocean and to rebuild it and to hopefully just start again. I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that. It's, it's kind of a little bit funny, but it's not. It's really not. The more you think of it, that's really sad. But as I read through these stories of these people, I kind of wasn't really satisfied. I didn't really think that they fit, answered my question. Because when you think about it, these people sold everything they had and gave up everything they had, but they didn't do it for one thing. They did it for like an experience or an adventure or what they perceived as a, a better lifestyle. And that, they, those things are ongoing, aren't they? They keep on giving. Well, unless your boat sinks two days in. But. So I still couldn't think of anything. The reason I'm asking this question is because Jesus actually told us some stories of people who actually did this very thing. They gave up everything they had in order to get one thing. And uh, these stories are called parables, and we're going to learn from them this morning. He told them to teach us things about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is what we're looking into in this current series called Upside Down Kingdom. And we've learned that, that there is a kingdom of God, that, that Jesus is the king of this kingdom. And like any kingdom, this king has a reign and a will and, and a people. Um, followers of Jesus are his people and, and a land that, that the kingdom is set in our hearts, wherever followers of his are. And he told these stories, and he told lots of other stories, in fact, called parables, to, to describe the kingdom of God and to teach us about the kingdom and how to live in the kingdom. So we're going to look at a couple of stories this morning. These stories can be found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. So if you've got a Bible, you can pull that up now, otherwise it's going to be on the screen. But we're going to read a couple of these stories there right in a row. first one is called The Kingdom of the Hidden Treasure. Or the, sorry, the parable of the hidden treasure. Jesus said this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So this guy finds himself in this field. And when he's in this field, he finds a treasure. And this treasure is worth so much to him, it is so valuable that he wants it. He doesn't want anyone else to find it, so he hides it. He might bury it in the dirt, or he might have put it up a tree. We don't really know, but he, he hides it, and then he goes and he sells everything that he has, his entire wealth. Then he, grabs that, he uses that money to buy the field that he's hidden the treasure in so that he can have the treasure. 
This man sold everything that he had in order to get one thing because it was that valuable. Interesting. Jesus goes on to tell another story straight away, which is very similar. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So a merchant or a salesman or maybe a traveling salesman or something like that, he was looking for pearls. He was looking for pearls to purchase and and sell and make money on. He didn't just find a pearl, though. He found a pearl of great value. Now, pearls in this time were some of the most valuable possessions someone could have. Any pearl was. So to find a pearl of great value was kind of like it was the super pearl. It was the uber pearl. It was like the fairy Simba Ushi of pearls. It was like (laughs) the pearl that's bigger than and better than any other pearl. You understand? Yeah. (laughs) So he finds this great, amazing super pearl. And he does the same thing. He goes away, sells everything he already has, and uses that money to purchase this amazing ushi, a pearl, I mean, pearl. (laughs) Interesting story, isn't it? So what is Jesus teaching us through telling these interesting stories? Well, firstly, Jesus is teaching us that the kingdom of God is worth everything that we have. It is worth giving everything that we have and all that we are. It is so valuable to be a part of the kingdom of God. It's more valuable than anything else we could think of. See, I reckon Jesus knew that a lot of us would struggle to think of that one thing, that we would be willing to give everything up for one thing. So he used this story to bring to light this idea that the kingdom of God is more valuable than just about anything else we can think of, really. It is worth giving everything we have to. But as we read the stories, I don't know if you picked up on this, but there is a subtle difference in the two stories. They sound very similar and they mean kind of the same thing, but there is a difference. You see, in the first story, in the hidden treasure story, the, the man is in a field. He's already in a field. He's, it's not his field yet, it's someone else's field because he hasn't bought it yet. So he finds himself in someone else's field. We don't really know how he got there, but... He's in a field, and as he's in the field, he discovers this hidden treasure. Whereas the merchant, the merchant was actually looking for pearls. He was on the search for pearls, and he just happened to find the super pearl, the pearl that was more valuable than any other. I think Jesus is actually teaching us something else about the kingdom here. He's teaching us that people discover God's kingdom in different ways. That we don't all discover God's kingdom the same way. You see, some of the people in this room, some of you might be similar to me in that I grew up in a Christian family. I grew up in the church. And in fact, a lot of my life, I've grown up in this very church. And so I'm kind of like the man in the field. I'm already in the field. And somewhere along the way, I discovered a treasure, the treasure of the kingdom of God that is so valuable that I'd be willing to give my entire life to. And maybe some of you are like that. 
Maybe some of you were, and I know some of you, were invited to church by someone, a friend or a family member. And so you decided you weren't necessarily searching for anything necessarily, but you decided to accept an invitation. And you came along and, and maybe you found connection here, maybe you enjoyed your time here, maybe you found some more friends and a great community, and maybe you decided to keep coming. And, and somewhere along the way, in this field that we call Dorophobe, you discovered a treasure out of the kingdom of God. Or there might be people in this room, and I've heard stories of people in this room, for sure, who are a bit more like the merchant. Maybe you were searching for something. Maybe you were searching for more meaning in life. Maybe you were searching for purpose in life. Maybe you were crying out to God out of desperation. Maybe you were stuck. Maybe you needed help. Maybe you were crying out to the church. Maybe you were crying out to people. Maybe you were crying out to anything or anyone who would listen. Maybe you'd already tried a few other pearls. And maybe it wasn't until you came here or another church that you discovered that there is one pearl that is more valuable than any other. There is only one pearl that really satisfies all our desires, all our stuckness, all our anything that we cry out for. There's one pearl that was more valuable than any other. The love of God, the love of Jesus, the grace that he brings through his death and resurrection. You see, there's multiple ways that people discover God's kingdom. But in telling these stories, Jesus makes it very clear that no matter how we discover the kingdom of God, it is worth the same amount. No matter how we discover God's goodness and his grace and his love for us and what he did for us on the cross, no matter how we discover that, whether we grow up in the church, whether we're already in the field or whether we're going out searching for something, When we find it, it is worth everything that we have. It's worth the same amount. You know what? Simply by teaching us this, simply by saying that being a part of the kingdom of God is worth everything that we have, Jesus is actually teaching us something else about the kingdom of God. See, just by saying that being a part of his kingdom is worth giving everything to, He's actually also saying that we have a choice. That we actually have a choice. You see, God's kingdom is an opt-in kingdom. It's an opt-in kingdom. And that's one of the things that makes his kingdom so upside down. (laughs) Because most kingdoms, if not all other kingdoms, you are a part of because you were born there. You were born in a particular place... And so you became a part of that kingdom automatically because there was a king in that particular land and you came under their rule. Most other kingdoms, we don't get a choice where we are born. (laughs) In God's kingdom, the upside-down kingdom, is an opt-in kingdom. We can actually choose to be born into his kingdom if we want to. You see, when we opt into God's kingdom, we are actually born again. We are born into his kingdom, 
and we come under His rule and reign. And His kingdom enters our hearts and we become a part of it. You know, the, the New Testament, Paul talks about um, you know, being born again. That the old has gone, the new has come. All these kind of ideas, but they mean the same thing. That we are now born into His kingdom because we've opted in. Not by some accident, but we actually choose to be there. So come back to my original question. Now you've had some time to think about it. I don't know about, you know, you've heard, I can't think of anything. Maybe some of you can think of something. One thing that you would be willing to give up everything you have in order to get that one thing. Well, many of you, I realize, are probably like me, and we can't come to some agreement on this, but just try and imagine with me for just a moment that there is one thing that you would be willing to give everything to because it's just that valuable. Now imagine that somebody else comes along and says, I want you to have that, but I'm going to pay for it. Imagine if someone comes along and sees something that you think is so valuable, you'd be willing to give everything, sell everything you already have in order to get, and that person says, you know what, I want you to have that so much that I'll actually pay for it for you. For me, that's not actually that hard to imagine because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. See, God kind of knew that his kingdom was worth so much to be a part of. It was worth everything we've got. In fact, it's worth far more than any of us can afford. It's worth far more than any of us can afford. And so God in his love in His grace. He loved us so much that He came along and He said to each of us, you know what, I'm going to pay for that for you. Through sending Jesus to die for us, to rise from the dead and defeat death, He said, I'm going to pay that for you. And now all you have to do is just opt in. But the price has already been paid. You know, we used to sing a song at this church, and some of you might remember, some of you probably won't, but some of the lyrics said, it didn't come cheap, but I got it for free. (laughs) And at at first, you kind of think, it didn't come cheap, but I got it for free, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but then you realize that it didn't come cheap, I got it for free, but that means somebody else paid for it. Somebody else paid for it. (laughs) You know, when someone is generous to me, I tend to, and you might relate to this, I tend to go through four kind of phases of response to that generosity. And it's kind of funny, because I reckon you'll all relate. The first one is denial. It'll be like, oh, no, no, you couldn't possibly do that. No, no. Yeah, you've heard that before. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. No, no, no. Oh, I insist. No, I insist. No, I insist. No, I insist. You know, we play this dance of <laughs> generosity and denial. No, 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 you couldn't do that for me. And then, and then once we get through that, it's kind of like a compromise thing. Oh, well, let me pay half. You know, let me, let me contribute something. <laughs> yeah. Or, and then we get to the payback part. It's, oh, I'll pay you back. Or I'll get it next time. Or, uh, oh, what's your, what's your account number? I'll transfer the money straight away, you know. 
We go through these three stages, and it's often not until we go through all three of those that we get to the fourth one of just gratefully accepting the generosity. The person giving it always meant for it just to be gratefully accepted, but we tend to go through these other responses first, and eventually, sometimes we'll land at just accepting it and being grateful. <laughs> and sometimes, if the generosity is significant enough or, or it's really big, sometimes, you know, it warrants maybe you know, a thank you um, symbol or token, you know, a, a card just to say thank you or a little response of some sort, a little token gift just to say thank you. I, I really, really do appreciate it. And the interesting thing is, I think sometimes we can go through these responses when it comes to God's generosity to us. When he paid that price for us so that we could be a part of his kingdom and we didn't have to give everything we had just to be a part of his kingdom, we often go through those responses, I think. I think, first of all, we we can go through denial. We can say, well, that might be okay for some really good people, but that doesn't apply to me. I've done too many bad things in my life that couldn't possibly apply to me. I can see how that would apply to somebody else, but not to me. Or sometimes we might go through a compromise kind of response. We say, oh, oh okay, yep, I, I accept Jesus' forgiveness, but, but on the inside we're kind of thinking, except for that one thing that I did back then, which is kind of a bit too bad that I don't think God would actually forgive me for that. I can see him forgiving me for a lot of things, but probably not for a couple of the really bad things. And sometimes we go through a, a response of payback where, where we're grateful for what he's given us, but we want to do everything we can in order to pay him back somehow, that we want to serve here and serve there and give here and give there and help someone here and there and, and run ourselves into the ground, somehow trying to pay God back for what he did for us. Somehow trying to earn what he did, or, or even the ledger somehow. And the problem with those three responses is that God's generosity to us is just so huge that they don't satisfy. They just don't work. The only response we have to God's generosity to us, the only thing we can do is to just gratefully accept what he did for us. It's just to gratefully accept. And I think that's what we do every Sunday when we worship Him like we sang before. We're gratefully accepting just what He did for us. I think that's what we do in our 20 minutes in the chair every day when we spend time with Him. I think that's what we do when we pray. I think that's what we do when we join in a connect group or, or learn more about Him in, in a course or dig deeper into His Word or whatever it is, I think... Part of that is just coming to him and gratefully accepting what he's done. But you know what? That is a significant gift. That is the greatest gift we could ever be given. And so it does warrant some sort of response. And it's not a response like a thank you card. It's not a box of chockies. It's worth a bit more than that. How much is it worth? How much is it worth? everything the funny thing about it is it is worth everything that we have it's worth giving everything we have it's the pearl it's the hidden treasure 
It's worth everything we have. But we don't give everything we have to be a part of God's kingdom. That's what the dance was kind of teaching us, was that we find the pearl, we don't have, we don't, we're not giving everything we possibly have in order to be a part of his kingdom. We give everything we have because we are a part of his kingdom. We don't give everything we have in order to get into his kingdom. We're there already. We give everything we have out of a response of gratitude a response to say thank you so much for your generosity, God. In response to that, I'm just going to give everything that I have and everything I am. So I wonder, I think it's times like these that is really helpful for us to reflect. Reflect on ourselves, on our own lives, on our own circumstances. Not think of anyone else, but just to look at ourselves and decide for ourselves what is happening in our hearts. Are we grateful? Are we grateful for that gift? We might have accepted that gift, but are we really, truly grateful for it? How are we showing that? Are we giving everything that we have as a response says thank you to God that might come in many different forms by the way that might come in giving our time our energy our expertise, our experience, our training our interests, our passions maybe it is our financial resources but for each of us it's kind of different and maybe as you look at your own heart and your own life I wonder if you'd be willing to ask God to reveal to you is there something in your life that God would like you to give just that little bit more? Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's contributing to the kingdom of God through Door of Hope in, in a, a way that is um, serving others and serving the church. And if, if that's for you, then I'd encourage you to visit the welcome desk and the foyer after the service. There are people there that would love to connect you into a, a place to serve that really suits you. Maybe it is giving financially for the very first time. And of course, our buckets have already gone around this morning, but maybe you want to give online or maybe you want to come a bit more prepared next week. Or maybe for you, you're not even at that place yet. Maybe you haven't actually discovered the treasure hidden in the field. Maybe you haven't discovered that super pearl that is more valuable than any other. And if you would like to, there are going to be people down the front who would love to pray with you and to talk you through that and journey with you. There's a great course that we do called Alpha, which helps explain all this in a bit more detail in a really friendly and loving environment. And we'd love to invite you to that as well. But what is it for you this morning? Are you a part of the kingdom of God? Have you been born into his kingdom? Have you accepted that amazing gift that he gives? And are you grateful for it? Right now, we're going to lead into a time of communion. And we do this each and every week where we pause and we reflect and we, we um, think about and we come before God in just grateful acceptance. 
grateful acceptance of what he did for us on the cross. We, we take a biscuit which reminds us that his body was broken on our behalf. We take a little cup of juice which reminds us that his blood was spilt for us. And these things were done in order to pay that great price for each and every one of us. The team's going to come and they're going to pass out these things and I encourage you, if, if you're a follower of Jesus and, and you want to reflect and, with us, and that's, that's great. And if you're still working this all out and maybe you're not quite comfortable with this, that's fine too. Just encourage you to pass the trays along. But we're going to take this time now to reflect and gratefully accept his gift. I'm just going to pray and then the team are going to hand that out. Lord, we just thank you. We come before you just thanking you so much that your kingdom is worth so much that it is worth every single thing that we have. And yet you paid that price for us. We just thank you so much. We take these little emblems, symbols, to remind ourselves of this and to thank you for it. And Lord, in response, we just want to give everything to you. We realize we don't need to give everything now to be a part of your kingdom, but we just willingly give everything because it's worth everything. 